Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Indianapolis Star, Joel A. Erickson joins us. I, I get a couple of things that I brought up, Joel, at the top of the show. Um, it was incredibly refreshing to watch Anthony Richardson or to watch a Colts quarterback move around in the fashion in which we watched last night. Now, it's not so refreshing to see a completion percentage around 44%, but his on the field with his legs that we saw last night was refreshing and also was reminded of me it's not just Anthony Richardson that we should focus in on. He's got to have some help. And at times, he did. Kylan Granson helped him out with a nice catch. But, you know, Alec Pierce will let him down. His roommate let him down. These guys are going to have to make some tough catches, and especially catches that are on their hands. There's a lot to go into, I think, coming out of last night's game. Yeah, it, it was not a great night. It was not a great night for the receivers in terms of contested catches. I, I think uh, having having watched a lot of stuff on – having watched every practice of training camp, um, it's more of a note for me than, than, a, than a panic button type thing. Um, that Downs in particular, I'm not sure we've seen him do that yet at all, um, especially a drop like that where it's, it's right there in his hands. Yeah. Uh, so that one – that one, you know, kind of a let's wait, let's wait and see. The, the 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 deep ball connection between Pierce and Richardson has been kind of spotty on and off um, all throughout training camp. There's there's some good, there's been some good, some bad. Um, I think I think Richardson is still learning exactly where to put it in the best spot for for Pierce to go get it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that 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 that, that you're going to see them try to get deep a lot, and and it, that chemistry is going to be important. No doubt about that. Joel A. Erickson of the Star, he does join us. All right, let's talk about Anthony Richardson. I mentioned refreshing, fun to watch, things of that nature. The extension of the play. The RPOs, I mean, guys talking about, you know, Herb Street and Al Michaels talking about ball in the belly stuff that uh, we've never witnessed around here as far as the quarterback's concerned watching the Colts play. How did you view it last night? And how have you viewed overall the preseason when Anthony Richardson has had those reps? Uh, I, so I think, I think that the running game with him, I think that that's going to be pretty, pretty fun. I thought last night was the first time really – maybe really all, all training camp so far that we got to see him kind of taking off. And I, I have a suspicion that there's a lot more that Shane Steichen has in his pocket to do with Richardson yeah. in that particular phase of the game once the regular season starts. But it's it's going to be real fun to see. He, he moves so – it's such an easy speed, you know, when he starts moving. Um, and I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be fun to watch that. From, from a passing standpoint, I think this is kind of what I expected and what we've seen in training camp too is there's going to be some misses, you know, there's going to be some throws that like, I think the second throw of the game, 
was a, a crosser over the middle and he, he just kind of missed high. Like, that's going to happen sometimes. Um, I don't think that that's going to, you know, if that, if he's going to fix that, I don't think that's going to necessarily be fixed right away as a rookie. There, there's going to be some issues and there's going to be some stuff he doesn't see and um, and that kind of thing. But I just kept thinking, you know, if, if Colts fans can avoid the temptation to want him to be Patrick Mahomes immediately and just kind of enjoy the development for a, for a year or two, uh, I think I think you can have have some fun here watching uh, a quarterback try to find himself in the NFL. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be difficult for Colts fans to do it sometimes if he's going to continue to move left and throw sidearm. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> if he's going to do that. <laughs> now, I, I don't know. I don't know if that is ready for prime time. But I, I thought last night was the second time I've seen him do that in the preseason alone. Well, he's got the arm strength to do it now. No doubt. Now, the hard part about it, though, is there are guys who have the arm strength to do it, but it's the yeah. There's it's it's the sort of thing that people talk about as if there's no like technical stuff involved. But if you watch, like the first two guys that pop to my mind, you know, in rolling left and throwing sidearm, would be Mahomes and Rogers, and like. And probably not like the current version of Rodgers. You have to go back for a slightly younger version. But both of those guys are very good at getting their foot planted and kind of getting their shoulders where they need to be to make that throw. I think that's the thing that he's going to have to learn is is how to get the technical part of it where, yes, it's an off-body, off-balance throw, but you have to get at least part of your body into the right set to do it. And, you know, some of that he's going to just have to learn as it, as it goes. But the arm strength is definitely there to do that kind of thing. Uh, you just got to make sure it's make sure it's headed in the right direction. I, I said this earlier. I, I want to see him just get better with his accuracy before he even kind of dive into that a little bit. You know, it, it, it's almost like. Yeah, it's it's like when you just develop a pitch as a pitcher, um, and you haven't really developed, you know, what had been your staple or your repertoire up until that point, and then you start, hey, I think I'm just going to go ahead and throw, you know, this knuckleball or whatever. Um, it's it's just different, and I think that's what the major question is, Joel, regarding Anthony Richardson for Colts fans is, man, you'd see the raw tools and him able to move around and extend the play and all that. But is he ever going to find the accuracy that is necessary out there? And that's that's one thing I know it's going to take time. I'm prepared for it to take time. Um, oftentimes you don't see guys find that accuracy. Do you believe he can be an exception to what is normally the rule? Well, that I mean, that's that. You're right. That is a big question, and 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 I think that you know, and this is going to keep happening. Where um, anybody who has some accuracy issues coming out, people are going to say Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of guys who who have who have never really they've tried. Like I think that's the other thing is is when we talk about him going forward, you know, there's there's going to be a temptation I think for people to talk about, you know, putting in the effort and that kind of thing, and and it's like. I think that you can do all that stuff, and there have been guys in the league who have tried to do all that stuff and done everything right from a preparation standpoint. And it just comes down to what happens with your brain and your body in a split-second thing. And I, just just to your point and my point about how long it's going to take, if, if you're looking at Josh Allen as a as a possible um, you know comparison for him, Josh Allen completed 52.8% of his passes as a rookie. 
His second year, he was 58.8%. So, you know, he's still not really at, at the NFL baseline after two years. And then he took off in his third year. So that's, that's the thing is, um, it's, the, the, the thing is, it's, it's not necessarily, I mean, the fan base is going to need patience, but more importantly, you know, the team itself has to have patience. Uh, to see this through if, if maybe the numbers don't look, you know, perfect right away. And from from what they've said, everybody from Ursay on down has given indication that they're willing to do that. But, you know, you just wonder in today's day and age where people get written off so quickly, you know, you got you to gotta kind of buck, the, buck what people are saying a little bit to give, give the player a chance to really develop, you know. And I think, like I said, everyone's going to be compared to Josh Allen, but it took two full years before Josh Allen. That was 27 starts for Josh Allen before he, he became uh, an accurate passer in the NFL. Hey, Joe, I've ex- explained it this fashion. You know, like the Pacers last year, you, um, I, I think you under-talk it up and over-deliver. And um, I think also along the way, you play some exciting football, maybe not all the time, but at times. And I thought in large part, that's a lot of what we saw last night. And, you know, again, when winning is not coming along with it, that can be a struggle for many. That can be a bummer for many. But I do kind of equate it to how the Pacers went through their season. I mean, you really undersold it, then you overdelivered, and you were very exciting along the way, even if you were not a playoff team. And then you were in a position in the offseason where everybody believes that you can be a contender postseason-wise of sorts coming up this year. I think that's how the Colts on a different level have to handle it. Yeah, that's, the Pacers are a good example. And then the one Jim Irsay threw out in March before they even before they even knew that they were going to have uh, Richardson was, you know, the, the Colts going 6-10 and 10 with Peyton Manning in 2001. And his example is always that Ada Bartolo came up to him and said, hey, like I know, I know your record's rough right now, but it, it, it's coming. You know what I mean? And his point was that you can see – potential and development sometimes without necessarily having the record. And I think, I think that's probably uh, something to keep in mind. I mean, like we talked about, you know, several times on this show when I've been on, this is a roster that is probably going to have some trouble spots um, as, as the season goes along. And that might make the wins and losses not look the way you want them to right away. But it's, it's really about, you know, is Richardson getting better? And, and kind of having some fun with it. The Pacers are such a great example because, you know, obviously they were kind of in it for a little bit, and then Halliburton gets hurt. But they were a fun team to watch last year, and, and I think that that's probably – but maybe the biggest, my biggest takeaway from last night was I, I saw people, you know, I guess that the word is Xing it now. I saw people on X saying this, but I also was getting texts from, from friends of mine who are Colts fans around the area saying, you know – uh, it might not always be pretty, but this is going to be kind of fun. And and I think that as long as you keep that, as long as the, the fan base and the, the team itself keeps that, uh, it should give Richardson time to develop. And and then in a, in a year, in a couple of years, then then you make the decision on, you know, can he really do this? Well, and and the other decision too, because there were a number of times last night where if this were a year ago, Matt Ryan would have crapped his pants three times and fumbled the football. 
like what happened last night with the pressure that we saw. So it's refreshing not to see that. But the other thing, and this is further down the road, I mean, this is when hopefully he finds his accuracy and he can be about his arm and not so much about his legs. We all know this, and even in a different form, Andrew Luck had a shelf life. The extension of his play was fantastic until it no longer was because of injury. We saw that settling in with Josh Allen calling his own number on run plays a year ago and taking a beating. I mean, I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to do that. There is a shelf life on these guys that move around and take hits all the time, as we expect him to do. So that makes it even more important for him to hopefully discover a level of accuracy, which helps him out in relying on his arm and not so much always on his legs. Well, to quote to quote Chris Ballard, um, he, he, he's said this for a couple of years now. At some point, they're going to have to play from the pocket, and that's generally true. Um, you know, teams are going to teams are going to do whatever they have to. They're going to dig. You know, they're going to assign spies, or they'll or they'll, they'll kind of half rush and keep them try to keep them penned in that kind of thing, kind of force them to pass. And at some point, you're going to have to be able to do that. I think. I think Fields with the Bears is a good example of that. As, as electric and dynamic as he was as a runner last year, the passing numbers were not great. And that's, that's what Chicago is looking for, Fields to take the next step with. But, yeah, eventually, eventually you have to be able to, to pass and pass effectively and explosively in the NFL. That's, that's the, the quarterback run game is it's a way to uh, – elevate your offense but it cannot be the be-all end-all and you know i mean chicago going three and 12 last year is a is a pretty or three and 12 with fields as a, as a starter that's, that's a pretty good example it's uh, Joel Erickson of the Star talking Colts right now. Again, cut down day is looming. I want to get to your thoughts on who is on, who might be a surprise not being a part of this roster and how deeply they're going to go into the waiver wire when everybody else puts their cuts out there to see. I did want to ask you this. Um, Alec Pierce obviously has not had a, a great preseason. He needs it to be a hell of a lot better. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. needs a hell of a lot better. And not just so much about catching the football, but – Man, they create zero space for themselves. I mean, really, Kylan Granson can, but you know, so far we've seen rarely these guys creating that space. And here's another guy, too, and I want to get your thoughts. Jelani Woods, I know he's been hampered by an injury, but from what you hear, maybe he didn't take the offseason as seriously as he should, especially considering the expectations that are going to be on him because people believe he can be kind of a next-level sort of tight end. Where he is he with his injury? Where is he right now with his conditioning, both of which have been question marks during training camp? I, I, I'm not sure where his hamstring injury is. He's, he's been out for a while. I think I think most people know hamstrings are sort of notoriously fickle things. Your your leg can feel perfectly fine, and it's not after a certain amount of time. Now, obviously, they have the MRIs and the stuff, the imaging to make sure that they have a better idea for what's what's going on in there. So, it's it's if you're an NFL player, it's a little bit. It's a little bit easier to know when to come back, but those those hamstrings can be notoriously fickle. Um, once once he gets back, uh, you know he's he, he's the interesting piece of that tight end room, and I, I wonder um, it's probably something I got to ask here in the next couple of days. But just how difficult is it when you have the guy that I I mean I would look at him as as the most likely one to play the Dallas Goddard role 
um, yeah. and really stretch the field, how, how difficult is it when you don't have that player for most of training camp? So it, it's hard to know. They haven't given – all we've been told is the hamstring. We don't know about the severity. Um, you know, you could have a hamstring that goes anywhere from uh, one week or two weeks. You could have one that's eight weeks. Uh, we, we don't. We haven't been given that timetable to know exactly when he'll be back. So Joel A. Erickson with us. So let's just say, for example, come Monday afternoon about this time, where Jonathan Taylor still be on this Colts team? Monday afternoon. Uh, let's just let's just move it to Tuesday. I okay. I don't know. I understand that there are. I understand I'm that very, there I'm are. I'm very impatient, jo- Joel. I'm sorry. I'm very impatient. It has to be Monday. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Very uh, impatient. I am. I, I'm going to move it. Well, I'm, the reason I'm going to move it to Tuesday, I'm going I'm to bring up a, a previous example. So, okay. Naheem Hines last season, um, you know, made it clear that he didn't. He he wanted to be moved, and. There was some talk about, you know, we're not going to do it unless we get exactly what we want. And then right before the deadline happened, he got moved. And, you know, you can debate on the return there, um, Zach Moss and, and some later round picks. But I don't know that it was like a an eye-popping haul. Um, and so there, I understand the market for running backs. It has been reported that the Dolphins specifically um, – there are a couple of other teams have, have, have been thrown around, but the teams that the team that is, has if you're looking at the beat reporters from Miami, they've been writing about Taylor just about every day. And I just wonder if at some point it just becomes a we don't want to deal with it anymore. We're going to take what they're giving us, you know, and and just move on, uh, just to to, to end, end the end all this stuff that's going gone away. So. I, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it is, is thinking that as as we get closer to this and, and teams have a chance to up their offers or not up their offers, I think eventually I think eventually it's very possible that the Colts just decide to cut their losses and move on. Well, they're not going to get a one out of this. What, what do you think is going to be the high water mark on their return? I, I mean, I, I think that you could do a – I think that you could – Get it. I think you could get a two. I don't know if you're going to get everything. McCaffrey was under contract um, and under team control for a little while. But I think it's possible that you could get a two. I don't know if you're necessarily going to or if you're going to get a package of things that add up to that. But um, two is probably a little high. Um, I think if he's healthy, he's worth that, especially for a team like the Dolphins. Or, you know, like that team – that team already has a, a running scheme that's notorious for making, you know, average backs look good. So what will it do with a great back, you know? Yeah. Um, but but in terms of what they're willing to give up, it's, it's interesting. Miami is an interesting is an interesting team here because you know they went out and got Perry Hill. They went out and got Jalen Ramsey. It, they're acting like a team that's really going for it, and. You know, you, you wonder, like, so I, had, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, well, why, why are the Dolphins kind of being this aggressive with stuff? Well, they, have this, they haven't won a playoff game, I believe, since in 22 seasons. I think that's the right number. And that's the second longest mark in the NFL. And, and you know as well as I do, when, when you get kind of in those types of irrelevant periods, teams get to a point at some point where they're just like, we got to do whatever we, gotta, we, can, we can do to break out of this and we'll worry about the consequences later we have to get ourselves back 
in the winning column or, or get, get whatever the, the streak is off their back. So I, I'm looking at the Dolphins. Uh, I, I don't know if they get it done. Like I said, I just keep wondering if after all of this and after as publicly ugly as it's gotten, if it just becomes we don't want the headache anymore. All right, Joe, final quick thing. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, I thought, might have been at the top of the list of, of so-called surprise cuts. But maybe this hamstring situation and where Jelani Woods is as far as being ready, you know, maybe that helps keep him on the roster come Tuesday. What do you think, and are there any surprises involved? So, I, in terms of big names getting cut, I thought that, you know, like – Downs has kind of overtaken McKenzie, it seems like, in the slot receiver role, but McKenzie is also the punt returner. Um, I think Haven Bryan is somebody that I thought maybe left the door open for guys like Eric Johnson and McKelvin Agam in in camp. You know, they signed him. He's got a fairly significant guarantee. It's it's three million plus, but this is also a team that could handle that. They they could. They can handle a, a dead cap hit if they want to. Um, Moelle Cox is an interesting one. <laughs> Typically, Shane Steichen offenses have kind of the do-it-all guy and then more of a receiver type, which would be like Granson, and then more of a blocker type, which in my mind is Ogletree. But like you said, you've got an injured Woods, and then well, they, sometimes they usually keep four, and then the fourth one is a developmental type, which would be like Will Mallard. But... I just wonder if maybe they want the mo- the inline blocking from Moelle Cox. Again, they, they don't need to save cap space. They've got plenty of that. Um, yeah. And and maybe especially early in the season, you just go, we're just going to carry all these tight ends. The other thing is, the other thing is, a couple of these guys play special teams, which allows you to carry more of them. Granson right. and Ogletree specifically were playing uh, first team special teams, so I thought that the, that I thought that maybe keeps more of them. Who knows? But. To me, it also feels like they're not going to keep a ton of wide receivers with that, with Ashton Doolin out, and that, that also opens the spot for a tight end. Joey Erickson of the Star with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline with the questions regarding Jonathan Taylor and this roster moving forward. You can catch his stuff again at the Indy Star. Hey, have a fantastic weekend. I say Monday, you say Tuesday. We'll see if either one of us might be right in this case. How about it? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yes. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You have a good one, too. Yes, we are in Broad Ripple at Union Jack Pub. And joining us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he is back. It's a damn good day. It is when the voice of the Hoosiers back on this show. Let's welcome in Don Fisher. Hello, Don. Hey, John. How are you? How's your summer been, buddy? It's been awesome. I played a ton of golf, mostly bad, yes. but nevertheless, it's golf, and I love it. And uh, it's frustrating as hell, but <laughs> every now and then you, <laughs> you have a good round going. So you know what I mean. But it's just a fun game, and I love uh, all the guys I play with. I um, about 20 minutes ago had Ted Kitchell on. Ted Kitchell has a golf outing on Monday. 
And yep. uh, I had Ted on, and we were talking about his situation. We were talking about the past. And I had mentioned Don a little bit earlier. It was so refreshing, for example, watching Anthony Richardson play quarterback last night in, in terms of extending the play and running the football. It was equally refreshing to hear the perspective and the joy of life that Ted Kitchell has right now. Um, and, and I've been a big fan forever, you know, obviously growing up watching IU basketball. And it was awesome to have him on the show. And, I mean, you can just tell you he's, he's – still has a spark going and a joy going and it was great to hear well it really is uh, ted is just a terrific person number one number two um, what a fighter he is with uh, what he's got going on health wise and all that kind of stuff and he's still battling it and, and doing a heck of a job in that regard and then just uh, it's just a class act in every way and what a great basketball player he was at iu he was terrific and as you know, uh, he continues to support the program, and he's down there for a lot of games and uh, just a great family man as well. Yeah, it, um, it was fantastic to hear from him. I mean, it, it really was. And I told him, too, anything that uh, you need supported as far as this is concerned, because you know, my, my grandfather had, had Parkinson's, and, and I, I know, you know, I know the start of it, I, and, and, and I know, you know, how you have to deal with it and be routine-oriented, you know, make sure you, you try to be active. And it's tough, but when you see somebody, you know, handle that, with grace and enthusiasm and continue moving forward. That's good for the heart and good for us all. No question about it. Uh, and, and Ted has done exactly that. You're absolutely right about that. And he's had it for a long time and he's battled it really, really yeah. strong. And uh, you got to feel, you got to feel for he and his family and what they've been through with it. But at the same time, uh, they do it with a smile on their face most of the time. And honestly, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, it's uh, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, just about ready to start. We're at a point right now where we can say uh, you've got a game coming up next week, <laughs> um, which <laughs> is, is cool. Now, I had Tom on, I want to say Wednesday, if I remember correctly, and I tried like 19 different ways to get him to, to slip and tell me who the quarterback is. Um, he didn't fall for it. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you who you think it is, but about the situation, what do you think Tom's looking for in general as the starting quarterback in that first one against Ohio State? Well, more than anything else, I would think that he's looking for a game manager somebody that will go out there and make few mistakes, as few mistakes as you can as a freshman. Um, obviously, he's looking for a good athlete. Uh, and there's going to be some chasing going on because they always go after freshmen or redshirt freshmen yeah. if you're a first-time starter. So you know that they're going to come after whoever it is in this situation because the two guys that are battling it out are both redshirt freshmen. David Jackson and, and Brendan Shoresby, and, and both of these guys have looked good at practice. Both of them had their days when they didn't look so good. Uh, it's been a fun ride in the sense of watching these two guys battle it out for that number one spot. And right now, in my mind, uh, I don't have a problem with either one of these guys. I mean, if, if one starts over the other or if they use both of them, uh, I don't think you're getting a great deal of difference in these two players. I think they're both smart kids. They both are very athletic um, Taven may have a little more juice in the step than, than Brendan, but Brendan has probably got a little more touch right now than, than Taven does from a throwing perspective. So, and, and honestly, um, whichever one does it, you're just looking for a guy that can go out there and make as few mistakes as possible and lead your team in the right way. 
So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, something you and I talked about you know, on a weekly basis because it was so obvious was just how uh, dysfunctional it was um, – in terms of the offensive line and, and how nothing worked, um, it was a disaster most of the time. He felt like that it has it's gotten markedly better to this point. You've been down to practice, I know that. How does that offensive line trying to make a transition back to being something that's certainly respectable? Where is it as we start this season? Well, I mean, based on what I see, and again, we're talking about Indiana going against Indiana now and not outside competition. But from what I've seen, I I don't think there's any question there's a marked improvement. Uh, They've got some of the same faces there that are on the offensive line. Josh Sales, Mike Kadick, Zach Carpenter, Matthew Bedford back this year after sitting out all but the first game last year with an ACL, uh, and Khalil Benson who played both spots last year. And right now they've got him lined up, I think, uh, at a tackle position, but, but, you know, so they've got uh, veterans there. They've got some backups that are young, but they're talented kids. It looks like. Um, and I think the biggest improvement has been in the coaching aspect of it with Bob Bolstad. He's the new op- or the new line coach for Indiana. He's from Wisconsin. He's had great lines in the past with, for the Badgers. We all know how good they've looked at times uh, through the years and what they've had from an offensive line standpoint. And I know this. Nobody has worked harder this year positionally than Bob Bolstad and this offensive line to get better. So from that perspective alone, I feel much better about it. But at the same time, they got to prove themselves when they go out of the field this uh, this next week. And it's going to be a challenge because they're going to face the Ohio State Buckeyes. No doubt. Don Fisher joins us. Um, skill position players. Uh, you get Cam Camper back um, off of injury. McCauley is out there as well. You can go even deeper than that. Um, how's the, the skill position players, specifically at wide receiver, look to you to start the season? Well, that's where I think maybe the wide receiver spot is their their deepest. I don't think there's much question about it. They've got a lot of guys that can play there. Obviously, you mentioned Cam. Uh, He, of course, it looked tremendous last year until he got hurt, and he went down with a knee injury. He's back. He he hasn't had a blue shirt off yet. Maybe this week uh, he finally had it taken off of him, so he's not been hit. But I think they did do a little more hitting of him in the last couple of days of practice now. Uh, as they get ready for this matchup with Ohio State. But he's looked very good. Uh, Donovan McCulley, of course, continues to improve. E.J. Williams is a new face that people don't know much about, but he comes in, Clemson, and I think this kid's got a chance to really help this ball club in in so many ways, especially from the standpoint of as a receiver. Um, And and they've got others, too. DeKeese Carter's a new kid that a lot of people have talked about here in the preseason, about how good he's looked at a wide receiver spot. Cameron Perry is a redshirt freshman that has looked uh, as kind of the same kind of look of him uh, and and Jalen Lucas, although Cameron's maybe a hair bigger and not quite as fast as Jalen is, but He's looked very good at times. And they've got a bunch of other guys. Addison Kobe, who was there last year. Uh, again, we're talking about maybe the deepest positionally uh, of any uh, roster spot uh, as far as this football team is concerned right now is the wide receiving core. And I think they should really help those, these two quarterbacks because not every throw is going to be perfect, but at the same time, if you've got good hands and you can pull it in, that's going to be a real critical thing for this ball club. As far as the yeah, running yeah. backs are concerned, yeah. I think – I really do think the running back core is pretty strong. I haven't seen as much of Christian Turner as I was hoping to. He's the transfer from Wake Forest. Uh, He has not practiced or missed quite a bit of practice in the fall. 
because of a slight injury of some kind. But nevertheless, uh, he is a guy that everybody talks about. When they do see him practice, he has looked really good. And, of course, Josh Henderson, I thought, was the guy who should have carried the ball about three times more than he did a year ago uh, last year. And Josh uh, continued to excel, I think, as far as a guy that gets you yards when there isn't much there. And then Jalen Lucas, of course, is the is the guy that everybody wants to have his hands on the football a lot more than he had than he did last year because he is absolutely electric when he touches it. Yeah, and and Jalen Lucas was a guy that Tom brought up. And it sounds like that on your call you're going to be calling him basically all over the place getting the football this year. Yeah, he's going to be a running back. He's listed as a running back, but he's going to play the slot receiver position. Uh, he's going to return kicks. He's going to return punts. Uh, they're going to try and get the ball in his hands as much as they possibly can, and they should because he's that good. I mean, he was slated as they're slated as an All-American last year after the season ended as a return guy, and he just didn't touch the nut for the ball when when it was a running back position or a wide receiver position. In my mind, he he could have been a much more valuable asset than they utilized him for last year. But again, he's a young guy too, and at the same same time young guys sometimes make mistakes but he didn't make many i can tell you that it's uh, don fisher joins us you mentioned this as far as transfers are concerned and you know now more than ever you know getting transfers in and having them perform having them produce is a big deal uh, from what you have witnessed in these practices how have the transfers these first time hoosiers coming in looked about all i can tell you in that regard is this they, they've got about 24 out of the top 50 players that are transfer portal guys in the 2D. <laughs> Think about that one. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, these guys have looked pretty good. The, the, probably the marquee guy that everybody talks about is Andre Carter, a defensive end from Western Michigan. He came in at 6'5", 270 pounds. Uh, this is his sixth year as a player. Uh, I don't think there's any question this guy is one of the best players uh, probably not just in the Big Ten. He may be one of the best in the country at defensive end, and he wants to prove himself, of course, because he's coming from a mid-major, so to speak. So I don't think there's any question you're going to see a lot from him if he could stay healthy. Uh, I think Marcus Burris, a defensive tackle, is another guy to keep your eye on. Philip Bleedy's another one at nose tackle. Uh, both those guys are slated as starters right now as far as the depth chart is concerned. And Linnell Carr is another guy at the bull position, which is the other defensive end, the stand-up defensive end, that will be trying to chase down quarterbacks. He's really impressed people. He's a senior um, and 6'1", 240 pounds, very quick and athletic, and he can get to the quarterback. If he and Carter, uh, along with Burris and some of these other defensive linemen, Bleedy and so on, can do the job. I don't think there's any question it's going to be special defensively because we just haven't seen a lot of that over the years. All right, so who's calling in the middle of our conversation here, Don? What's I have no here? idea. I picked it up and sat it back down. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. whoever, it was, whoever it was is going to feel slighted. <laughs> well, good, because they called in the middle of our conversation. Don Fisher, uh, every Friday right here, the 5 o'clock hour begins today on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So a little our table action for you tonight? Uh, well, whoever it was is calling me back right now. Hey, answer, uh, answer and see who it is. All right, hold on. All right, hold Uh-oh. on. Don Fisher's answering the phone. Hold yeah. on one minute. Phil, you're in the middle of my conversation with JMV on the air. 
Talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) You know who it was? Who was it? It was Phil Kaido. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. That's that's promo worthy right now. Hey, I'm I'm curious. You you probably had somebody in mind. Who did you think it was going to be? On the phone? Yeah. I had no idea to be quiet. Oh, I didn't. I don't don't pick up that phone very often anymore because they get a lot of scam calls on the home phone that you heard ringing. So so most of the time, if I look at it and I don't recognize the number, I don't pay any attention. I don't think our house phones rang in literally five years. I don't think. <laughs> well, this is not really a house phone. This is my office phone. The company uh. pays for it, so I don't pay for it either. So I, that's, <laughs> that's why I don't answer very often. If they want to talk to me on that phone, they usually call and leave a voice. <laughs> hey, are you going to our table tonight? Uh, I wish we were, but we're going to go to the Center Grove High School football game tonight. Uh, uh. One of our across-the-street neighbors, Chase we- uh, Char- uh, Chaz Weber's uh, son, Brady, is a sophomore. He's going to get his first yep. start at offensive tackle tonight, and we're going to go watch him. Well, that's outstanding. Up there on the hill, it'll only be like 98 degrees. It'll be all right I for know. you up there in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's really hot, and it's really humid out there, no question. Everybody will be sweating tonight, but everybody yeah. will be doing the same thing. So. <laughs> Always really easy to find a place to park there, too. I mean, it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, Brady no, is a you should. Kid. He's just a sophomore, and we want to see him play. And of course, my Friday night's going to be tough for me to get to our table this year just because my my uh, third son, Scott, is the new head football coach down at Edgewood High School in Ellettsville, and they got yes. off to a good start last week, but they're in Washington tonight, so we're not going to make that trip down to Washington tonight. We're going to go well, see Brady play. What does Scott think about the uh, the red turf that is the Mustang turf down in Ellettsville? Does he like it? Well, I'm, I'm telling you, he's gotten used to it, so he loves it. <laughs> because I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if anybody knows this or not. I know they do in Monroe County, for example, but Edgewood High School in Ellettsville, and I don't know if anybody else has this color of turf. It is bright red. And, yep. I mean, it's every bit bright red as you might imagine it is there. Yeah, it, it, when you first see it, you go, what am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, are we at the gates of hell here? What's happening? <laughs> but, but it actually grows on you a little bit, and, and they, they, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch these kids because the one thing Scott's done, he has, he's really helped the culture of that football program down there. Yeah. And they had a, a packed house for the very first game last week, which I, I was told was one of the few packed houses they've had in years. So. Yes. Uh, it was really fun to see, and they got off to a good start. It's going to be—it's a rebuilding process, but he's doing a great job. Hey, Don, it's—it's it's a hidden gem down there. It is, and it has been for a long time. And they've had great classes come through. It really in, in football, certainly in basketball and in baseball, but it's always been a a hidden gem. And um, I—it's—I it, mean—it's—it's it's far enough away, but close enough, if you know what I mean. To yep. Bloomington, especially somebody like me that grew up like I, like if I go Hart Straight Road, 
um, that, that kind of reminds me of, of where I grew up back in there, too. So it's, it's something to be said about that, and that's a really nice gig. So, yeah, no doubt. Great luck down in Washington tonight for Edgewood, and I know you'll be checking out a lot of games. So when are we going to our table next? Because I'm buying next. I've got it. Yeah. Are you? Are you buying? Yeah, I got it, yes. I do. I owe you. <laughs> well, I owe you. You pick it out. You pick it out sometime. We'll we'll go during yep. the week or something like that if you want to. Yeah. Well, you text me whenever you're free, and I'm on my way home or something like that, and we'll slide in there and uh, and have some dinner, and, and I'll buy. I can't do Wednesdays, you know that, because they got talk shows coming up starting next Wednesday. Oh yeah. That. Well. <laughs> yeah. I can. Tuesdays are kind of tough. I'm available Tuesday or Thursday, big boy. Yeah. Well, Tuesday, <laughs> I'll pick one or the other. I go over to Center Grove. I, I blank you not on this, man. They got 30 freaking gyms at Center Grove. And we. I got to walk like nine miles. They can walk through door eight of the sack and then walk all the way over to the west side of the gym. And I say, hey, numbnuts, can I just park right next to the door that enters the west gym? Is that okay? Why do I got to walk nine miles to get here? <laughs> well, that's what you get when you get a school as big as they are. It's it's humongous. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, Don, hey, ask them this. If, if somebody comes up in the stands to see tonight, say, hey, why don't you guys tear down that brand new cement stairway in front of the natatorium again? Can you do it for like a fifth time? That's funny. <laughs> I'm sure I gear myself to those people. That they might they, they, they love. They will love hearing that. I promise. They love it. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll we'll pick out a date. You you let me know what's good for you, and we'll be there. Joining us now via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline, you know this, the legendary name of IU basketball, and it's uh, etched in my brain forever. The uh, It's uh, 6'8 sophomore from Galveston, Indiana. Let's welcome to the show Ted Kitchell. Hello, Ted. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, John. How about you? Oh, a 6'8 sophomore from Galveston, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. You even know how to pronounce Galveston. It's not Galveston, uh, well, but Galveston. You, you, well, you, you sound just Chuck. like Chuck Crab. <laughs> it was. Chuck. I'm telling you, of of anybody, anybody's intro, Ted. Over the years, you know, and growing up, obviously watching IU basketball as much as I did, your your intro is more synonymous with being <laughs> in an intro than anybody else. Seriously, for that reason. That's funny that you say that because my kids have said they have uh, they'll run across a parent of a child or one of their buddies sometime and that's that's exactly what they say a six eight sophomore from Galveston Indiana <laughs> so so Chuck Crab I guess I have a lot of thanks go to Chuck Crab for for all those wonderful pr- promotions he provided. Hey, back in the early '80s, did you have to go to Chuck and say it's not Galveston, it is Galveston? Did you have to tell him that? <laughs> I he, he must have figured it out somehow because he, <laughs> he he got it right from the start. It's, uh, Ted Kitchell's with us. How are things going, Ted? Ted uh, things are good. Uh, my family's great. Uh, my kids are great. My grandkids, I got three grandkids with a fourth on the way. Uh, they're doing fantastic. The kids are all close. One in Westfield, one in Franklin, one in Whiteland. So they're all close to us. We get to spend a lot of time with them. So uh, life is good, and uh, I've been very blessed. You know, the other thing when I think about with you, Ted, is after your basketball career, you did uh, basketball um, analyst work on Channel 4. 
and you were you were like always the one that got heat for you know being too too truthful right back then i loved it yeah absolutely you're, loved you're, it man it, it was great exactly right i i sometimes would get the look from laz like hey you're not supposed to say that but i tried to call it like i see him and uh i uh had a lot of fun doing work in the game for about 15 years and uh enjoyed watching a lot of great basketball obviously coach Knight was there all those years that i was there and uh we had a we had a great time watching this a lot, hey, ted, a lot of great ted did, did bob Knight ever take exception to anything you said on tv back when you were doing it oh yeah oh yeah and i got <laughs> I, I got called to the, i got called to his dressing room about it too so uh uh, one time when somebody took a charge and I said, well, I said he was fake. And I said, he'll get an Academy Award for that. I I caught hell for that from Coach. You know, his guys didn't fake. So, but that's, that's, the, way, that's the way it went. Yeah, well, it was, man, those are, people say all the time, JMV, man, you live, you live in the past. You talk about the good old days all the time. Well, there's a reason because they are the good old days. That was that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, watching you. What did you score? Thirty nine against Illinois, right? Was that uh, high water mark? Was it thirty nine or was scored, it forty plus? Yeah, I actually scored forty. I was eleven of thirteen 40. from the field and eighteen of eighteen from the line. So on the day, I was twenty nine for thirty one. I had a pretty good day. The most incredible offensive games that we will ever see, and just. You know, such an important cog to a championship team and being a part of that group in the early 80s. Um, I, I know this, and Ted Kitzel joins us, the former Hoosier on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, there is going to be a golf outing for you coming up on Monday. My friend Mike Poe is sitting with me right now. He is a guy that has been organizing this. And I'm going to go ahead and let you say it, if you don't mind, Ted. Um, for folks that may not know what you're dealing with health-wise and, you know, what the emphasis is on this golf outing, maybe tell the folks out there a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh... – you know, I've got Parkinson's, so uh, I shake a little bit. And uh, but overall, my my life is still very good. I'm able to live my life and enjoy my kids, and still play golf and do a lot of things. So, but this uh, this golf outing, we my kids and I got together a couple of years ago. We put uh, went to the uh, Indiana University. Uh, medical people and said we'd like to run a, a golf outing. The first year we raised forty thousand. The second year we raised, uh, I think, what it was fifty. Last year we raised around seventy-one thousand dollars. So we've had done a lot of good. We've had a lot of good people that support us, and uh, I think it's important for people to understand. Uh, the first thing that I was told once I ha- found out that I had Parkinson's is you don't. You don't die because of Parkinson's. You know, you you, still, you, you don't die because of Parkinson's. And uh, I thought that was important, you know, or some of these other diseases people have. I mean, you, you can learn to live with Parkinson's. It's obviously uh, getting more and more publicity as, you know, a guy like Michael J. Fox obviously has been, been you know, supporting it for years. But... Uh, but overall, I'm doing well, and uh, I can enjoy my family, and uh, I still enjoy life and love watching the, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers play basketball. Uh, this is uh, former Hoosier Ted Kitchell with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Do you, you have a, uh, a daily routine? Because my grandfather had, 
had Parkinson's. Um, and he was you know, certainly a part of a, a daily routine. Are you a part of a daily routine, something you follow? Yeah, something I that, try to say it's something that, uh, Most important, yeah. I do some speaking, and, uh, and uh, you know, I still work and everything. But, uh, yeah, I think it's important to stay active, whether it be lifting weights and walking or playing golf. Good hand-eye coordination is very, very good because it uh, tries to take some of those things away from you. Your balance, I think, playing golf where you have good hand-eye coordination, things like that. But it's important to stay active, stay positive, and uh, continue to, to do a lot of the things. I'm also involved in the rock steady boxing where you actually put the gloves on and hit the bags and do that kind of thing. And uh, I've got a lot of close friends uh, that I've made because of the rock steady boxing that are also in there with me. So Ted Kitchell's with us here with me right now, Mike Poe, and he has been a huge organizer in the golf outing that uh, is coming up on Monday. Uh, Mike, yeah, I know you talk to Ted all the time. Uh, tell people about how they can they can donate, they can be a part of it, and the work that has been accomplished so far, Mike. Well, I, I just became involved last year. <clears throat> it was an amazing event, and. Uh, I can tell you, Ted can still swing, and I played one hole with him, and he hit it within five feet of the pin on a par three. (laughs) But basically, they're the organizers of the golf Mm -hmm. outing. You know, I I just kind of help as I can and and get some people like you, like Brent here and you and and people to help. And it's so cool to be able to help. It's a blessing. You know, I know that all the money and everything that's raised blesses a lot of people, but I know I feel like... I get more of a blessing out of, of it, or at least as much, being able to help. And um, my my wife and her partner have a company, um, Brookside Medical, and we're going to match every dollar that comes in between now and Monday. And Ted will be better at telling you, he can give you the website and whatever, but anything up to $6,000 my wife and I are going to match That that's raised between now and Monday. And we have some really cool things that we've got donated from Brent, Pat yeah. Sullivan. We have a really cool package that I sent you the thing. Yeah, I yeah, the yeah. Things, but we've obviously got a, uh, a package for uh, French Lick, which has always been very good to, to us. There also is a package, a two-night stay in Nashville, and you get to go to the Colts-Titans game. Uh, obviously, a lot of the different golf courses around Indiana, uh, you know, you, you, you have those in the auction. We've got a signed guitar by John Mellencamp. So there's a lot of really neat items that if you stay around after after the golfing and stay around for the meal, you can get involved in the in the silent auction. Hey, Ted, how can people get involved with the outing? How can they donate to the outing and be a part of this? Okay, here's my daughter, Mackenzie. Uh, she's going to tell you all the different ways that you can get involved. Sure. Hey, Mackenzie, Hi. welcome to the show. Tell us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so honestly, the easiest way for you get it, to get in touch with us is just emailing us at swingingforparkinsons at gmail.com. That's swingingforparkinsons at gmail.com. We can give you all the information there typed out so it's easy and accessible. But um, another couple easy ways is a Venmo account and that is at swinging for parkinson's our venmo account is 
at Swinging for Parkinson's. And then if you simply Google Ted Kitchell Parkinson's, the top search that pops up is going to be our website. And if you click on that and just go simply to the donate page, it'll give you all the information there. Um, but once again, if anyone just wants to email us at swingingforparkinson's at gmail.com, we can give all this information to anyone and everyone. Um, but the Venmo and Googling is going to be the most simple ways. The Venmo account is, again, at Swinging for Parkinson's. And then if you just simply Google Ted Kitchell Parkinson's, um, our website will be the first one to pop up there. And all of our information is on that as well. Mackenzie, have you done radio before? You're a natural. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've, done you some, I've, done some, I've done some volleyball games in the past. <laughs> I love it. Swinging for Parkinson at gmail.com or Correct. Venmo is uh, swinging for Parkinson's uh, Venmo wise. And uh, Ted Kitchell joins us. Thank you, McKenzie. And, uh, hey, Ted, anything you need regarding this moving forward, please never hesitate. I was made aware of this by Mike. You know, Mike's a listener to the show, and obviously knowing you and being such a fan of yours in the past, I definitely want to get involved. But if you ever want us to do anything, anything more in the future um, for this, please let us know because we would love to be involved. Well, we really appreciate that. We're big fans of yours. We listen to you every day and uh, appreciate everything that you do. And uh, I know you've always been a great fan of Indiana. Last but not least, I'd like to wish my beautiful wife, Christy, a, a happy 40th wedding anniversary on Sunday. Oh, so, outstanding. We're be very busy on Monday, but uh, 40 years of marriage, and that is on Sunday. Well, you uh, come out and see me anytime. Get in touch with me anytime. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to speak with you and uh we'll go out and have some fun sometime too i'm gonna actually talk to a guy coming up at the top of the hour that that called all of your games and that is one don fisher so uh man it uh he's the best story yeah and and you so are you brother so are you i mean i uh just keep on keeping on keep on keeping on we're always thinking about you we appreciate your support we feel very blessed thank you very much Via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, got you covered tonight, tomorrow night, Indiana Sports Talk, year number 30 for the legendary Bob Lovell. And week number two of the high school football season, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Hell of a way to get off to a, a week number one start, I guess, last week, huh? Perfect weather, really good games. Um, I don't think there are any big surprises, but it was a a great night, great crowds, uh, literally, as you point out, perfect way to start it. All right. And you mentioned weather, and you'll have to check your local listings. For example, we have Cathedral and Brownsburg on here with Eddie Garrison coming up later on tonight, originally scheduled for 7. Tonight, move back to, I believe, 7.30. Now, I don't know what a half an hour is going to do with heat like this, but you know, they're, they're, I, mean, I mean, I don't know how much different it's going to be, but really in the, in the big perspective here, uh, a lot, not just football, but a lot of other sports, cross country, kind of doing the same thing, calling some things off. Now, the heat wave is supposed to break coming up tomorrow, but tonight, that has pushed back either later on this evening, as our game of the week brought you by car x tonight or maybe even till tomorrow on a lot of especially in southern indiana a lot of a lot of games were rescheduled for tomorrow so that's some things we're looking out for i guess to start week two right bob 
Oh, I think so. I mean, obviously, this is dangerous weather, John, for the players, coaches, and and for the fans. I think fans have to be aware, too. You need to stay hydrated in the stands. You're going to be sitting there in some sweltering heat. And so everybody needs to be aware of how dangerous it can be. And don't forget to make sure you have your water with you. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, I saw Dave Lauk, who's the AD down to Ron Colley. He said something in social media. Hey, um, yeah, we realized the heat situation. Uh, instead of calling us, um, we'll let you know with updates, you know, regarding I think Ron Colley and Franklin right. Central play tonight. So I was going to go right. ahead and give his cell phone number out here tonight. What do you think? <laughs> give his cell phone number out. Make sure everybody <laughs> at Ron Colley and yeah. everybody He'll at Franklin Central. He doesn't mind. No, yeah, well, I mean, and, and I want to make sure that they know where to go for the latest <laughs> and heat information with Dave Lauk, okay? So his cell phone number on the air here in just a second. <laughs> I know him. Uh, I, I, I understand exactly. <laughs> He'll be looking forward to all those phone calls, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that he will, definitely. Hey, what stood out as far as last week was concerned? Let's tie a bow on that before we start about what's taking place both tonight and tomorrow. Well, what was interesting was that we talked about it was some of the teams from Fort Wayne playing teams from Central Indiana, and uh, Central Indiana teams fared well, uh, although Snyder had a big win. But I think more than anything, you just uh, you had some of those teams that didn't necessarily play one another in the regular season and occasionally see each other in state finals playing in regular season games. And um, I don't think there were any real surprises. I know that the Snyder game was a great one, but – you know, the same thing. You still have some of that going on this weekend uh, again, uh, but you're getting closer to some of your more traditional rivals. And next week, most of these schools will be involved in conference play. So uh, great way to do it. Thank goodness we've avoided uh, rain. So we got a little different. We, we haven't talked about heat as a problem in the past, but this is just one of those unique weekends. And I think the other thing that stood out to me was there are a whole lot of points scored last week, John. A lot yeah. of points scored last night or last week. And I would anticipate the same kind of situation uh, a little bit tonight because, you know, teams are you know, spending a lot more time seven on seven uh, doing those kinds of things, spreading the field out, uh, take advantage of some things they have uh, skill-wise. And so uh, I would anticipate another high-scoring evening of football. Well, and, and Bob's right about this because our game of the week, Cathedral put up 55 in their win against Jeff. Brownsburg, 51 against their uh, against Fort Wayne Dwanger in their win. And let's go to number one. I, I don't know what Cincinnati Moeller is like other than historically they're always year-to-year very right. good. How right. impressed were you with Ben Davis's dismantling 49-28 over Cincinnati Moeller last week? Well, I think people were impressed enough to put him number one in the 6A poll. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Restman has been a part of the program, understands that every one of us knows they have tremendous uh, athletes uh, at Ben Davis. The skilled position guys are really, really good. Uh, big, strong, defensively, same thing, offensively, dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, and so they're going to they're gonna score a lot of points. Um, but it was, you know, it was not knowing Moeller, I think you're right, it's hard to get a gauge, but that, that, that on paper is an impressive win, to say the least. No, that's, uh, that's what stood out to me. Because, again, I'm just looking at it historically speaking. I don't know what it's like this particular year, but in history they're always seemingly really good, or at least talked about being really good. What, what do you think about 5A and, and Fort Wayne Snyder and, and obviously what they did against Warren Central last week, Bob? 
Listen, Snyder played for a championship last year, John. Kurt Tippmann is one of the best coaches in the state. Uh, a lot of those guys are back. Um, that was one that really kind of, I don't know if it surprised me um, because I knew it would be a really, really good ball game. But uh, I think what it does is if you're in 5A, uh, when you saw that score, you looked around and started to think, um, yikes, these guys are pretty good. And we talked about it last week, how balanced uh, we think 5A is. I mean, it really is. And, you know, Penn is good. Penn's got, got another one of those kinds of teams. Uh, Whiteland played for a championship a year ago. Uh, I think you, you find out a lot about that. Tonight they play Kokomo. Kokomo's a pretty good team. Surprise was, uh, you know, Valpo lost last week. Uh, they're back playing Andrea. It's a great start for them. But 5A um, is, a, is a solid class, and I'm not exactly sure, as we said last week, I'm not exactly sure who you give uh, a preseason edge to, so to speak. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Of course, coming up tonight, tomorrow night, our high school football game of the week with Eddie Garrison. Features Brownsburg and Cathedral. And again, that game has been moved back to 7.30 later on tonight. Each of those teams' impressive wins last week in week number one. I mentioned Ron Colley. They're off to a 1-0 and zero start. Handling mm-hmm. Southport last Friday night. They are on the road, not too far down the road, at Franklin Central. But Franklin Central may be a surprisingly good team that we see this season. If that's what you hear. I think a lot of people feel the same way, John. And clearly, they're going to find out what uh, what they're all about. But I think there, there's a lot of excitement, uh, reasonably so, for what Franklin Central can do. Uh, this is always a good game when these two play each other. Big rivalry on that side of town for the obvious reason. All right, 3A, Chittard per usual, 49-23 over Burbuff last week. They get Tech coming up later on tonight. Right. Garen off to a 1-0 start, uh, beating McCutcheon last week. Uh, Lawrenceburg, I think, was, yeah, they were a loser uh, last week, but they were they a loser to East Central, Central, which is yeah. legit yeah. right there. So right. That, that's not surprising to anybody. Uh, your, your, your thoughts, I guess, about the top of the polls in 3A starting week two? Well, I don't think you're surprised that Shadard is there. I mean, Garen with a very impressive win last week to start with. Uh, Lawrenceburg, everyone knows, uh, played for a championship. The team that people have to pay attention to, Gibson Southern, uh, they like to throw the ball. Uh, Nick Hart, John Hart's son, the coach, they've had great, great success. Uh, Tri-West, I think one of the best games in the state tonight, Tri-West at at Burbuff. Burbuff. Very, very good. Try West. These are two really good teams. You get a better gauge on on how good this uh, um, rebuff team is, as you will with Try West on a game like that tonight. Uh, yeah, Bob, the other thing I wanted to hit before I let you go here, um, we're kind of at that stage again, and we were new. We knew it was coming for a while in football. It's already been here in basketball, and certainly been here in baseball. But we see some games that are now either being postponed and pushed back, or canceled altogether, um, at least on lower levels, um, non-varsity levels, because of the lack of officiating. Uh-huh. From what you have uh, known from the IHSAA, uh, how dire are the situations as we see it to start the season? Well, I'm not sure dire would be the word, but uh, they're clearly uh, of great concern to the IHSAA. I was in a, uh, a meeting um, last week with the commissioner and some of his staff members came down and talked to us about the state of the 
kind of a State of the Union uh, address, if you will, and that was one of the topics. Uh, they brought up something I didn't really think about, John, is that uh, on some of the lower level, you know, your junior high, your freshman, uh, your JV teams, you're in competition yeah. with uh, groups like uh, Grand Park and others that have, you know, these broad-based types of programs that use officials. And so uh, the numbers the numbers aren't good. Uh, the other part of it that people forget is your, uh, your officiating pool is aging and people are retiring and there yeah. aren't a whole lot uh, of people in the pipeline right. to make up for that deficit that's uh, expected to happen within the next few years. And so uh, it is a crucial situation for the IHSAA. They recognize it. They're talking about ways to remediate the problem. And um, I think it'll alter maybe uh, some of the times I think you might start to see some Saturday games as opposed to Friday in high school football. Um, I asked him specifically, do you have enough to do the tournament? And the answer was yes. Um, but some of the regular season situations, uh, that may get impacted at, at certain times. And so uh, they're very well aware of it. I think everyone understands the problem that you have. And um, just hope that uh, all of us can work together because we all need to, to to make this thing not be a problem that impacts the, the opportunities for kids to have to play. It's uh, Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk tonight and tomorrow night. You can catch him. Network Indiana, the affiliated stations down the line on Network Indiana across the state. Again, later on tonight and tomorrow night. Brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. That's CarX.com for the one nearest you today. Always a pleasure. Stay cool. I know that that's not difficult because you're the coolest dude around, but stay cool, okay? <laughs> All right, John. Thanks. Have a great weekend.